Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, uh, and we want to love you more. Thank you for the gift of faith. Thank you for um, the cross that symbolizes that faith, and thank you for the gift of hope and the anchor that symbolizes that virtue. And thank you for the gift of love and the heart. Um, we ask that today hearts are opened um, and that we um, can use our senses of the heart to, to experience you. Uh, we ask all this through the intercession of our Holy Mother, Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Very blessed today to have a power-packed show. Today's guest is Mr. Kevin LeBlanc. He is involved with the cast retreat at Fatima and parishioner in Our Lady of Fatima. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Our co-host today is Mr. Hart Littell. I know most of Acadiana, a lot of people in Acadiana know Hart, but a, a blessing to have you on the show as well. Too kind. I'm excited to be here as well. All right. All right. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, you know, I'm from Lafayette, parishioner at Fatima. Uh, married. I got three beautiful children, two daughters, Kennedy and Grace, and I am fortunate and blessed enough to have my own saint in heaven. Uh, my son Griffin, uh, Luke Vincent LeBlanc, Saint Griffin Luke Vincent LeBlanc, passed away in 2017, and uh, and and so um, uh, something like that happens. It, it, it there, a fork forms in your in your road, and you can go one of two ways, and and the Lord showed up right away, and I started seeing graces and. Uh, and um, you know, all glory to him. I'm trying to follow the fork that leads to the banquet table. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, and so um, one of the one of the things that have been instrumental in sort of my faith and my formation has been uh, a movement that started the same year that Griffin passed away, and that's the the Cast Retreat Movement. Cast stands for Catholic Apostolic Sacramental Theology. And one month after Griffin passed away, uh, I made my cast retreat, and the kid was cast too. Wow. And uh, you know, I I remember looking at my wife, going, you know, I don't think I want to make that now. And and she's and she says, you know, I think maybe that now's a real good time to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and um, thank God I, I did. And and uh, and I have never I haven't let it go. I've been a, a part of every retreat since, and um, and it's just been it's been important. You know, you know, Ty, we're blessed um, here to have so many men's ministries that that can form us and lead us to him um we talked earlier about the Crucio movement and we talked you know there's acts and 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 just to have cast and to have that group of holy men around me is invaluable sure i'm a huge fan of the cajun catholics and we you know we got it going on here in south louisiana i'm gonna brag a little bit in that our men are deep and they want more and there's a, and there's a lot to it and there's a lot of groups like you said that are just uh, soldiers for Christ. I've been watching uh, Nightfall on Netflix, and uh, it's about the Knights Templars. And you know, it just reminds me of, of our men in South Louisiana that we we fight in that battle. You know, mm. uh, it's just I've been enjoying watching that show. Take me back a little bit uh, to your childhood, and at at what point Christ showed up in your life, and what what was it like in your in your family uh, with with your parents and grandparents who had the faith and passed it on so you know i'm the guy that when you ask the question 
you're going to get the answer and there's not going to be okay. any fluff and no so, sugarcoat no no you know i i i told you i graduated from being catholic started going to mount carmel and abbeville in fifth grade and and um and and it was a tough time in the early 80s and late 70s and and some things were going on with the church that were that were shaping what we thought of the catholic faith and so that's what i was surrounded with honestly i graduated from being catholic and I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. God and Jesus were just the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I lived life and sort of sort of went from the all American Catholic school student, and then um, and then I started following my will, and and that led to drug addiction, alcoholism, and and a really um, barren um, life. Um, I used things around me to try to fill that hole that I had. You know, whenever, I mean, my experience is that when I when I lack faith, when I lack God, um, I got to fill that hole with something. And when you're as big-hearted as I am, it, it, it tends to get hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I numbed that heart for a long time. And praise God, I sobered up and and um, and uh, and and still didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And then um, my, uh, since you asked, my conversion experience happened at the Skin in the Game retreat in 2017. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting outside and we have that time alone with God. And, and my first thought when he told us we were going to do that was, well, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> That's just <laughs> the, the, the pride that I had. And, and, and one of my spiritual brothers, Mark, Mark Weber, gave me an examination of conscience and I sat outside and... Um, and uh, when I read the last question on that first that first part of the the uh, examination of conscience, it asked the question, um, "Do you doubt the power of God to love and forgive you?" Hmm. And I started crying crocodile tears, and I had no idea why I was crying. I just knew that something was happening, and I kept going. And I'm looking around, going, "I hope nobody sees this." And when I sat up. The, the, the Holy Spirit blew through me and I felt God say, Kevin, I forgive you for everything you've ever done. Mm-hmm. It had been 19 years since my last confession. Wow. Well, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be there yeah. for that. Uh, I, I saw your face red, crying, and I was able to uh, hug you there. It was a beautiful moment for me as well, looking in. But even circling back, you know, the, the, the time, the years of drug abuse and alcoholism, I, of course, wouldn't wish that on anybody. However, there is something very, very special that happens when I encounter men who have been through AA and still keep up with the meetings. And uh, uh, because I'm not in recovery myself, I've never been to many of these meetings, but something is happening there where you guys know how to live from the heart. You're, you insist on managing resentment. You insist on intense inventory in there. And that is such fertile ground for the Lord. For, mm. And so uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is uh, man, I would never, I would never wish um, uh, chemical dependency on anyone. However, uh, I think part of what makes you special, brother, is is the fact that you are so uh, intentional mm. about what's going on on the inside. And uh yeah, man, it was beautiful to see you over there. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's um, <clears throat> it's sort of like the uh, I've lived on both sides of the coin, right? The biggest compliment I used to get was uh, I remember a lady I worked with used to come up to me and go, Kevin, nothing ever bothers you. It's like everything just rolls right off of your shoulders, like nothing. But the the truth is, and I thought that was a compliment, like I could hide my feelings so well that this woman who worked with me and was a friend thought that nothing ever bothered me. 
And I'm thinking, okay, well, you're being a man, you know, rub some dirt on it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And and the truth is, it bothered me, and uh, and and it just took a spark for that to just explode. And so I lived that way for a long time, and then and then I have this conversion experience, and and really, and, and it started in in recovery, um, where where I was told that you know it's okay to talk about how you feel. As a matter of fact, it's mandatory mm-hmm. to talk about how you feel. And so I started living with my heart, and um, and and the other thing that it that it did was it it um, I got it's like it um, um, we live with blinders for so long. I know I did. I lived with blinders for so long where where I just focused on sort of the um, you know on your camera when you take a picture you can put it in portrait mode and you see that what's right in front of you is so crystal clear and everything else is sort of blurry in the background. And so I lived in portrait mode for so long where I just concerned myself with what was so clear right up front. And then I realized that, hey, man, you know, there's a landscape mode on that, that camera, and, and everything is crystal clear. And so, so I got to do that, and what it did was it made the things that were attractive to me change. My, my priorities changed. I used to think, well, Todd drives a nice truck, and, I, and, and you know, he's got money, and he's got, a, he's got a beautiful wife, and he's got a great job. I want to be friends with that guy. And now, you know, the most beautiful thing in a man, the most beautiful thing to me is, is when I can look at a man and I can see the humble heart. And it's so attractive. And I think we're all called to live that way. And, and um, if we could just stop listening to the world long enough to experience that, then I think that is, uh, that's powerful. And that's what, that's what recovery has done for me, but that's what my faith, that's what the cast retreat movement has done for me. Um, you know, to be able to, 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 it's why I keep going back because to have an experience is a beautiful thing, but to sit back and watch men have encounters with Jesus is, is indescribably beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I keep coming back for that, man. I keep coming back to, to witness the hearts of men. Well, and if I could, that's that's one of the uh, I always say, Kevin. I don't want to do another cast retreat without you, because Todd, you've probably seen this too in in, in uh, Catholic groups and circles. But we have a tendency when we get together as men to rally. You know, we always know what's right. We know it's politically right. We also know what's wrong. We know what's wrong with the church, and we can get distracted for hours at these groups where we sit down and we're supposed to be getting real. And then you pull a Kevin LeBlanc in the mix and he's like, yeah, it's great. We're not going to fix the world problems. What's going on in your heart right now? And it's like an arrow, boom. And then immediately you can see these these uh, strong, brave guys who are ready to tell you what was wrong with everything else kind of shut up and they can't tell you what's going on in their own hearts. And uh, Kevin, that's uh, one of the reasons why I love you so much is uh, even whenever I'm doing it, you know, phone call, one-on-one, hey man, I got to tell you what's going on, you know, and I'm, I'm in tears and I'm upset. And he's like, okay, that's great. Uh, you got about five more minutes to talk about you and why everybody else is wrong. But then we got to go look inside that heart. And uh, you're such a gift to me and, and the, the cast guys for that. You know, I love you too, Kevin, and I haven't known you that long. <laughs> but uh, just a, a great testimony. Uh, so I think part of us calling each other out as men, and, and, and I'm going to say this in the Cajun way, is that, you know, I think the Cajun culture and the people here is we're, we're real. You know, it's, mm. uh, it's not baloney. And I think it's a lot of conservative movement if i could say not a political statement but more just who we are we're very traditional and uh we enjoy uh, our culture we enjoy having a good time and that's who that's just who we are 
and uh, and I think you'll find a lot of biblical characters that are <laughs> similar to the mm-hmm. to the Cajun way. I know when I made it to the Holy Land, one thing I, my observation to take away was it was a lot like Lafayette. It was uh, especially Galilee was kind of like Toledo Bend, and you know it, it smelled a lot like Lafayette. And and it's like to me that was interesting. Actually, Lafayette's the hub city, right? And and Jerusalem was known as the hub city, interestingly mm. enough. Wow. But uh, so I'm, I watched this uh, thing on Job, and it, it, and, and Job, uh, uh, <laughs> Job, uh, you know, he he was a good man and didn't really have any problems, right? And then the Lord put it on him, and uh, mm-hmm. and and he didn't understand really that. And I think that my takeaway of that video and about the Book of Job that that I was watching yesterday was that you know he God said to Job, "You're not in a position to." To, to see what I see, mm-hmm. how, how complex the world is, and you have your perspective, but it's a very small one, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about the sun rising and setting and all the other things. And it really struck me, you know. I see you guys; they're fist bumping over here. Tell me about it. y'all into Job right now. What's going on? <laughs> I, have, I have been likened to Job by so many people based on my my experience in my life, and uh, there are a couple of differences between me and Job. But there are a lot of similarities. Number one, I would think that the most beautiful thing about uh, so when Griffin died, um, the th- one of the things about our area and recovery and and our faith is is that uh, fellowship is important, right? And so there were men, and I remember uh, sitting in my office, and this and I'm talking months. Men put their life on on hold for me and my family. So I'd, I'd walk down the stairs, Todd, to, to, to in the morning, you know, kind of scratching my head, and there'd be a guy making coffee that I didn't even know who it was. It was just a guy that somebody brought to show him how mm-hmm. we serve others. And mm-hmm. I, I'd sit around my office, and I'm in my, my chair, and I'm just a blubbering idiot. I was a mess. I could be of no use to anybody. I was no support to anybody. I, I couldn't even think straight. And, and I'd look up, and there'd be eight guys sitting there on the couch just crying, not saying a word, just sitting in the suffering with me and uh and just like you know job's friends got in the ash and rubbed ash all over their faces and 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 got in the pit with him for days it says and so that is is uh, i think my my friends are less misguided than job's friends were (laughs) like i'm so blessed to have guys in my life that understand suffering and understand our faith um, you know, at Crescia last week, two weeks ago, I I, um, I got up and, and talked on some of the writings of St. Louis Marie de Montfort, and he's big on his devotion to Mary, but he's, he's just as big on um, the value of the cross. And he says, um, you know, wood is the fuel to flames as the cross is the fuel for love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think it's what's made me so big-hearted and open-hearted and, and why it's easy for me to look at a man and see his heart and go, man, I love you. You know, like you just said, I love you and I don't even know you. I mean, that's a gift. God God gives us that grace. And, and, um, and so the Lord prepared me in my suffering for what happened with Griffin. I, and, and, and I was able to witness, to, to, to see that, understand it, accept it right away. Like I have a notebook full of things that have happened since Griffin died that are so incredibly amazing. Wow. And I was able to see that um, immediately. And I know that that's a grace that God you know, allowed that to happen to me because it would have been easy for me to go, you know, God, you know, I go on this retreat in May 
and and I'm and you speak to me and I answer I'm converted I'm back in my faith I dove in full and then five months later Griffin died mm. and so it's easy for me to go God what do you what more do you want from me but instead I was able to see that that God prepared me for what happened you know if I wouldn't have been on that retreat and they had that experience you and I wouldn't be talking today Hart and I wouldn't be brothers mm. you know I just wouldn't be around or I wouldn't be here at all I want to. Uh Remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Kevin LeBlanc, and um, co-host today is Mr. Hart Littell, and uh, just beautiful witness testimony today, wonderful guys, and just so happy and blessed to have them on the show today. Hart, I'm going to let you jump in right here. Well, yeah, I just, I'm remembering that time, you know, whenever you guys came back from Lake Charles, and uh, uh, and I truly, if I can be the prideful person that I actually am, I have Christian friends, have had for 20-something years, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have friends who would have slept over at my house for three weeks, making sure that I didn't do anything dumb, attending to my emotional needs. I'm not trying to give advice, but just to just to. And all of your your brothers from recovery were there doing that, and uh, that opened my eyes a lot. And we were talking about the heart earlier, H E A R T, not me, not H A R T. Mm. But the uh, but that opened my eyes a lot to a true. We talk about compassion to suffer mm. with with suffering. Uh, that opened my eyes a lot to that um and and really and truly I, um I, it changed my perspective on what fellowship and brotherhood looked like um so once again kevin i was so thankful to be a part of uh <laughs> something you you went through and and witnessed but two the other thing that happens back to job is is uh of course as job is suffering big difference between us and job is that job was actually innocent uh, i don't know if anything i'm innocent yeah, of. Right. Okay. Uh, but uh but but having those guys put their own life on hold and then and be there for you clearly shows that they saw something bigger than their own lives. Right. And we're, we're encouraging you to see something bigger than your own affliction. Like you were talking earlier with the landscape and portrait mode. And that's exactly what, what God did with Job, right? He takes him on a tour of the cosmos and said, dude, where were you? Dude is not in the Bible. But <laughs> where were you when I was doing all of this? Can't you see you're looking at this little bitty page? And I wrote chapters, volumes, tomes. And, and just being there with you, I was like, man, my life is so small. You know, uh, so it really, back to the Job story, it, it, it lifted my gaze. St. John of Damascus says that uh, prayer is not us asking God to do things. It's asking God to help us to see like him, to raise our gaze to be more like his. And uh, just being a part of that absolutely broadened my gaze. Big, big, big time. So, Kevin, tell me a little bit about where you are in your spiritual and prayer life today. What, what's it look like on a daily, you know, your daily exercise or, you know, what's on your heart t- today? Yeah, well, I mean, prayer is, is um, so, so when, after Griffin died, I'm going to go back just real quick. After sure. Griffin died, people would come up to us and they'd say, oh, man, we're praying for you. We're praying. For, and I didn't feel anything just because I was so stuck. In, in grief and uh, and then I remember the day um, we got together and it was for a cast um, meeting and we we prayed and I felt the power of the prayer of these 30 men like I it, I felt it in my heart I felt it in my soul and so I understand the power of prayer maybe better than most um, because because so it, this is how it was put to me and, and I'm gonna get into my daily routine in a minute no, but a friend of mine um, <clears throat> came to me after Griffin died, and they had lost their son. And he said, "He said, think about it this way." He said, "When it happened, my my wife saw the news story, 
and and uh, and came to me, and we and we started praying for you, and we called people that we knew that knew you and let them know and those people started praying for you and those people called people that they knew that knew you and they started he said before long there were thousands of people praying for your family and so um i don't know if i could be here today talking to you about this if that wouldn't if that wouldn't have happened so i understand the power of prayer so morning for me is you know i'm a, I'm a fan of the magnificat and morning prayer uh, afternoon prayer evening prayer night prayer those are all things that i i, I stop and do um throughout the day i am uh i am the day the the rosary is saving my life right now wow. um and i'm a daily rosary guy um i understand the power of the rosary um and um and you know more importantly todd like i think right now where i'm at and look we all have a cross to carry and 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 i don't think any one cross is bigger than um the other it's all personal to us and it's and it's a cross that like saint louis marie says was carved out of the cross on calvary it is my cross you can't carry it for me heart can't carry it for me and i can't carry your cross um but to be able to look at to, to lift that cross on my shoulders every day and go thank you lord thank you for this cross i don't even know if i deserve to carry mm -hmm. this cross and and to and to to do it with gratitude and to do it with um trust in his plan i i am a firm believer that without those two elements the gratitude and the trust i'm i can't experience the love that god has for me and so so it's 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 pertinent. I don't want to go back to who I used to be. I was a miserable person, and so I've I've sort of found, and the other thing is I'm um, you know I stay in constant contact with those that keep me accountable, and uh, and that's the beauty in small grouping. We were talking about small yeah. groups, you know, um, you know, heart heart and I. I remember one day I'm sitting on the back patio, and and Michelle, my wife, is sitting sitting there, and and heart calls, and I looked at her and I said. Watch this. Answer the phone and put heart on speaker. And immediately we went to the middle of the onion, right to the deep end. And it was a 10-minute conversation. And I hung up and she looked at me and she goes, wow. Mm. And I said, so do you remember, I know you know, the, when, when Jesus went to his own village, you know, and, and, he's, and he's proclaiming the gospel and he's telling them that the kingdom is now. And, and they're looking at him and they're going, well, yeah, okay, well, show us some miracles. Well, no, I'm not. I mean, no, come on. If you're if you're who you say you are, show. And and then he pulls out this scroll and he and he reads from what Isaiah maybe and 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 uh, and they get mad at him and they try to throw him off a cliff. His own town, they try to throw him off a cliff, and so he escapes. And so I'm listening. We're at Hart's house one night. We we did a Bible study on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. The, the late night Bible study that went till two in the morning on occasion. Father Nathan Como's sitting there and he's, and I'm like, well, you know, I think I would have left too if my own people treated me like the, that way. And Father Nathan in his own humble, beautiful way looks at me and goes, yeah, it's probably best not to project onto Jesus and what he was thinking. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, loud and clear. And I said, well, then why did he leave? If it was his, and he said, well, two reasons. Uh, number one, um, there wasn't a lot of time, and he knew he didn't have a lot of time. And number two, there were a lot of people to spread the message to. And so I believe that. There there are a lot of people out there that, and this is why I'm involved with these movements. So um, that that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, uh, I, um, guys get to the, the cast retreat on Thursday 
afternoon and there's a lot of talk about so man what do you do for a living so how's business and, and it's a lot of surface stuff right and i can honestly say that there uh, of the 200 guys that have been through the, the the retreat i can't tell you what most of them do for a living nor do i care right right mm-hmm. right and so they get on this boat and they go fishing the next morning with guides in that in that mindset and then when they and and i, I love to be at the dock when they come off the boat and i'm listening to their conversation and nobody cares about what they do for a living you know I, now the heart's starting to open up so uh, a couple of thoughts, you know, um, sh- shake the dust off your feet. You know, when you're preaching the gospel, Jesus said, hey, man, just, just keep moving. Just if they don't want to talk about it. Just let's go on mm-hmm. to the next house, you know. And I heard this on um, the radio recently about the Catholic faith, you know, and it reminds me of your boat story. All these all of us are sitting around in life rafts out in the ocean, you know, trying to figure it all out. And, and one day this guy figured out that the Catholic Church had like a cruise liner going across the ocean and he said hey man we're all going these people are all going the same way that i want to go and they're no and they know how to do it in luxury and style and and so you get off that life raft and you jump on that catholic church you know boat Mm. and i like that analogy Mm. a lot you know it's beautiful yeah yeah heart jump in my man well yeah i mean uh well hold on let me let me clear let me clear this so we we in recovery we have a similar um cruise liner story right And so um, on, on these cruise liners, especially back in the 30s when they were first forming, you know, we had the steerage and then we had the captain's table and there were levels of the boat all the way. And, and the guys in the steerage barely got on the boat. They didn't have any money. They may be working for the boat, but they're at the bottom of the boat. And then as you go up on the boat, each level is sort of society, right? It's right. a status, right? And so we all want to sit at the captain's table, right? And so that's a great analogy for, for where we are in life. You know, we're on this pilgrimage, right? And we're... But when when the, when that when that cruise liner hits an iceberg and everybody jumps in the nobody cares where you were on the boat when you're grabbing for the life jacket, mm. and and we're all grabbing for a life jacket every single one of us because if if I'm not living to see Griffin to see look him in the eyes whenever I get to heaven and sit next to him at that banquet table then why am I living? It's it's and and so. It makes me look at life with a different a different set of glasses. I, I my priorities and what's important to me. Do I do I like nice things? Yes, <laughs> I do. It's why I'm not a missionary because I have a hard time detaching from things <laughs> of this world. But um, but I do he understand. He pointed at heart just so you couldn't <laughs> quite see that very pointedly. And, 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 and you know, but but it doesn't mean that I don't understand that um, none of it matters. You know, when 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 um, Griffin was an artist, he 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 at five years old he started making knives. We call them shanks, right? And then he he then he started carving wood and he started painting and he started. Then I bought him a Dremel and I started and he started you know grinding metal and and this is a 10, 11 year old boy, and and he had all of these 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 beautiful things that he made and when he died they they stayed with us they didn't go with him um, but what he took to heaven was that heart his heart was so big and so beautiful and and so we're called to live with that heart that's mm-hmm. the heart we're called to live with and not not h-a-r-t h-e-a-r-t yeah yeah don't don't make me the the focus of your prayer or gaze i'll mess it up i promise <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a minute left on the show and i hope you'll tune in next week uh uh, Hart's going to be the guest, and um, and our our man Kevin's going to be our co-host. Uh, but just thank you for sharing your testimony with us today. Um, what so in 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 a, in a minute or so, uh, Kevin, tell just so just one day at a time. I, yeah. I, it's one day at a time. 
yeah man i wake up and uh, and every every day is definitely a gift i, I am not um i'm not scared of of death uh, i'm also not doing anything to speed it along <laughs> i um, love that you know um but but you know something happens and and i'll just i'll share this the one thing that god has given me um, a great affinity for is the virtue of hope the gift of hope because um um i don't know if anybody um you, ha- you almost have to go through the suffering that that we've gone through to understand that hope is such a beautiful thing. It gets me out of bed every morning. I so if I share with Katie Ann anything, it's that um, that virtue. Thank you so Amen. much for sharing your testimony with us today. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Our guest today is Mr. Kevin LeBlanc. Uh, tune in next week where you'll hear uh, Hart Littell and he on the show as well. And uh, as always, we always challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. All right.